power on. And now for another fast-breaking news story, we go to our roving reporter. The podcast, Sovereign Tech. Its host, Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants tried to stop Sovereign Tech. They can't. It is the tech show that does not suck ass because most of them do. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. But before I tell you why, let me tell you who I am. Who I am the golden stallion, the man of tomorrow, Sabzu, the rated R radio star, the man that makes it go all round and round, but the man who's also patient. And that, that my friends is why other tech shows regularly choke on chimpanzee balls because you know, so I, I don't want to get into uh, the, the regular weekly schedule. I don't want to get into it too much uh, background stuff here. We got an ultimate episode to get into in this very popular ultimate series, uh, which is also vindicating because the show has only grown in popularity, not gone down in any popularity. Um, but I uh, plan on the show picking up back with its regular, regular uh, uh, numbered order and also its regular weekly schedule, uh, you know, it's in like set days and all this other stuff uh, coming up in May here. But the infrequent schedule that we've been running with uh, through the early parts of 2021 hasn't stopped anything with this show, um, which I, f- I feel is, is vindicating. But here's the thing is that while other shows other tech shows specifically, you know, I hear from some listeners, oh yeah, I've started listening to this tech show. You should check this out and blah, blah, blah. And you know, they, they've kind of filled in uh, uh, some of the gaps for me and whatever, you know, with sovereign tech, not coming out with the usual episodes at this time, which again, folks, they are coming. There's just the next two episodes of sovereign tech prime are uh, heavy productions, which of course, if you're in the sovereign tech telegram group, uh, you know, all about that. But regardless, um, you know, I, I go and I check out these shows. It's like, well, let's see, you know, maybe there's something in them that, uh, that could be interesting. Maybe it's a guest that I'd want to have on Sovereign Tech in the future. Maybe, you know, there's something about it. And you know where all these shows fail is they're all like, they're all hot button. They're all on, on the news of, of, of the, of the nanosecond that two nanoseconds later is no longer true. Or they're making you jump from one piece of software to the other, which is part of the reason I'm doing this ultimate series, because I can speak so confidently about it because the recommendations I make are either recommendations that I've been making for years already and nothing has changed. Or if anything has changed, what's changed is, is that what I uh, predicted in the past, sometimes years in the past ended up finally coming true. Like I told you it would, because, you know, I've been in this game for far too long, which is the second point. And the problem of these other tech shows is that they're too busy talking about things that 
you aren't actually in your hand. Now, digitally, that doesn't make any sense, right? But my point being is that they haven't landed. They haven't been delivered yet. You're still waiting on them. Now, there was a time where Sovereign Tech would talk about, you know, upcoming projects and all this other stuff, and, and there'd be some excitement around it. But look, I, I've just, I've been in this game for far too long, you know, going on a decade. And I don't, I really don't even want to bother talking about something until it's fucking released and out there and not in fucking alpha or beta form either. Okay. I want it done in my hand as it were. I'm saying that proverbially, right? I want it done. Otherwise shut the fuck up and finish it. I've put too many, too much blood, sweat and tears in projects that either went wildly astray or just never came to be. Okay. Now, I mean, there's a time to talk about news around these things, but it's important to be very clear every time to say, you know, uh, don't get too excited because this might never happen. Or I get the people who seem to have, I don't know, some sense of amnesia or, uh, well, no. Okay. To be fair. I know. I'd, like I said, there's like 10 years or more worth of episodes, really thousands of episodes that I've done over the years, thousands, me alone. No production team, you understand? <laughs> I think that's the part people don't get. I mean, I've had people that have helped along the way, but like, I, you know, I don't have somebody who's like editing everything, who's doing a no, not at all. Anyway, it doesn't matter. My point is that I'll get people, you know, and, or what I wanted to be fair to is that, okay, fine. You know, I don't expect you to have been able to have listened to every episode of Sovereign Tech. If you're new to the show, which many of you are, I don't expect you to have gone back, you know, years in the past to hear me talk about every little thing. But I mean, you know, I'll, I'll get emails where, you know, oh, Stallion, have, have, have you heard of uh, what, what about the browser Falcon? Yeah, I've heard about fucking Falcon, you know, and they'll say like, oh, we should all be using this. I don't disagree. I've been talking about it back when it was Cupzilla. Go back, do a search Sovereign Tech Cupzilla, and I guarantee you'll find me talking about it very uh, kindly. You know, speaking very well of it and recommending it even years ago because it'll show up in the show notes because I'll have linked to it because I'm that nice of a guy. I talked about back in, I mean, this is before any of the recent horseshit is happening. Um, well, I actually, actually in December, I even talked about using Falcon and my only concern was, well, you know, there hasn't been a new version in like a year that kind of makes me sweat because I actually care about having a real development team or then someone's like, Oh, but well, we should actually be using uh, uh, this version uh, that, that, that this, this fork of, of Firefox or something. And I just, I, you know, I want to just stand up here. I'm standing up fucking pull my fucking cock out and I'll just fucking jizz all over that crap because Oh, fucking a like, is it available on windows? Nope. Look, I want everybody using Linux too. Okay. Fuck windows. But if it's not on Windows, you're not going to get mass adoption. You're not going to get people on top of it. Okay? You're just not. Or it's at version 0.5. Talk to me when you're at version 1. Or at least when you're available on pretty much every platform on the planet. Because this show talks to a lot of different people from a lot of different stripes, a lot of different levels of tech savviness, even to the point of having uh, perhaps not being tech savvy at all. Deliver the goods, 
have all the signs that it's something that's going to be around for a very long time that people can use for that they can plan on for years, then I will recommend it. Then I will talk about it. Otherwise, I am not going to because I wouldn't even use it. I mean, yeah, I get it. There's people who are excited about jumping on the newest, you know, early adopters, right? People who are excited about getting on the the latest and greatest thing. I don't know about greatest, but maybe the latest. And, you know, if you're that way, great. That's not what this show brings to the table. Sometimes the show will talk about the latest, but I am far more concerned about the greatest. And that's what we're going to get into here. An episode that I'm actually excited to do because there are so many things we're going to get into in this episode that are culminations of things that I've been saying for years, both things good and things that I've warned about are all going to come finally come true just in the, as of this recording in April, 2021, it might've taken years to get here, but it's here. So let's get into it. Now, this is part of, like I said, the, the, uh, uh, the ultimate series, um, that has been incredibly popular. I mean, download numbers through the roof. I'm guessing it's because people are sharing it saying, Hey, you want to know what to use? Here's Brian Sovereign, who's been going for years. You know, the guy has some pedigree. Check it out and and, and see what he says and if it resonates with you. And apparently it does. And in this one, we're going to talk about messaging apps. Which ones or one to use? Of course, I mean, the title is kind of a singular uh, uh, form. But, you know, I was actually, I was tempted to title this. And I'm not, I, I can't claim for coming up with this. But I was tempted to title it. Maybe I'll subtitle it somehow. A2 Signal as an A2 Brute, because hot damn, (laughs) did Signal really screw the pooch? (laughs) Not a surprise, not a surprise on Sovereign Tech. I have not recommended Signal for years. There was a time where I did, but I think a lot of Signal's strengths have gone out the window, went out the window a long time ago, uh, there was years ago where I reviewed uh, an interview or discussed an interview, I guess you'd say, that Moxie Marlin Spike had years ago where he talked about, yeah, you know, being federated, not that great of a thing. And that was like the moment that that happened. And I want to say that interview, fuck, that could have been like in 2015. The moment that that happened. That's when I started feeling concerned, like, uh, oh, no, no, Signal's not going to the peer-to-peer future that we're all supposedly so interested in. And well, now with Signal, it gets far worse, far worse. And in fact, you know, why don't we just start talking about it? Why don't, why don't we just get into that? And then, but like I said, this isn't all going to be bad news. There's actually some great news, some exciting things that have happened as far as messaging goes. Doesn't have to do with Signal, but it has to do with, with, with another. Um, so let, let, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's just, let's start talking about it. Uh, so this is towards the beginning of April. There is an announcement that in the beta, uh, uh, the beta version of signal that signal was going to start integrating a cryptocurrency. Now signal being the gold standard of privacy, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, that, that, that everybody's so hot about. And in fact, 
if you remember, this is probably back in February, long before the, 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 the announcement of the cryptocurrency integration. Um, I had said that, you know, and this was coming after, you know, hot on the heels of what occurred in January of 2021, hot on the heels of what was going on with uh, uh, the, the, the situation in Washington, D.C., with the, the so-called uh, insurrection, which, folks, <laughs> as someone like myself, who has actually been in two wars. Uh, if you think that's an insurrection, <laughs> if you think that's what an insurrection looks like, oh, <laughs> how, how, how disillusioned <laughs> the American people are with, with what, uh, what actual insurrections, what, what actual uh, uh, riots and so forth look like. <laughs> you're, just, you're, you're just completely out of touch with reality. Anyway, besides that, so after that happened, and of course you had, um, you know, Apple and Google shutting down apps. Um, there was concern that Telegram was going to get shut down. You know, all this stuff, what was it? Uh, Parler uh, ended up, that's a social media, not really messaging. I mean, it's kind of messaging, you know, as much as social media allows for that. Um, you know, people were, were freaking out about that. Now Apple's letting Par- Parler open back up. Certainly a political conversation to have around that. I don't know if I want to get into that here because, you know, in case you haven't read uh, when Sovereign Tech was recently featured in The Guardian, uh, the Golden Stallions against social media in all forms. So I'm not going to get hot and bothered about or, you know, it's just why. Again, there's a political conversation to have around it. Sure. But I'm just that's that's not a place I need to go. Not to say that I'm opposed to talking about social media and its ramifications. Of course I am. It's important hopefully to convince people from getting on it entirely, but I'm not going to talk about parlor coming back. It just shouldn't excited me. It really like it shouldn't mean anything to anybody, but moving on, stay on the prize here. I thought it odd that when all this was happening or when WhatsApp, which was kind of the big impetus here, uh, even more so than, than, you know, apps getting shut down. When WhatsApp came out with that new privacy policy, which we did talk about, where they came out and said, yeah, you know, we're going to share your information with advertisers, even though when we bought, when Facebook bought WhatsApp, we said that wasn't going to happen. But then Facebook obviously changed their mind, which not a surprise at all. Really, it's just them, I think, being more uh, honest about it, not like it wasn't happening before. But Brian, WhatsApp uses the Signal protocol. Isn't the Signal protocol great? Isn't Axolotl awesome? Yeah, I'm not going to say that it isn't good encryption. Uh, but the implementation of the Signal protocol in WhatsApp by the owner's own admission is imperfect. So that's a problem. Anyway, not new news for longtime Sovereign Tech listeners. Let's keep moving on. So when the whole WhatsApp fiasco occurred, uh, suddenly... Every major, you know, at least tech outlet, but really every major news organization was saying, everybody get on signal, everybody get on signal. Now, I thought that that was odd. I, I thought that that was very strange that they weren't bothering to recommend Telegram, that they weren't recommending really any of the others out there, because there are others. One that we will get into in this episode uh, that seems to constantly get left out of the conversation, which I also find very strange, is Threema wasn't really discussed at all. Um and there are other alternatives, uh, some that I am a, a big fan of. Like, I mean, if you really wanted to go to the extremes that say Wired or The Verge were discussing, like, why weren't they talking about Briar? I've said that many times. The Briar app, which is only available on Android, I understand. But the Briar app, you know, should be absolutely a part of the conversation. 
when it comes, you know, to, to what is like an actually secure, uh, and really useful and unique messaging platform doesn't come up at all because Briar could even be used as, I mean, Briar does so much as blogging. It has, uh, message boards. I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on there. And I've been waving the flag for that app for a good long while, partly because it is a development team that I trust and they're doing things that no other app does. And it fucking works already. But moving on, I, again, the, the, the fact that everybody, that, that so many of these, uh, uh, news organizations were promoting and, and certain other parties were promoting signal so hard, I find to be very strange. And, but we might have the answer as to why, because I, I, had said to you that I was feeling very conspiratorial about this. And now I think we, we might have some, some light shed on that. And it comes down to this cryptocurrency because you would think, well, you know, signal they're all about, I mean, the reason everybody brags about signals. Oh yeah. That protocol, man, that acts a lot. Well, now they call it the signal protocol, the signal protocol that that is hammered stuff. You know, like we've really, we know that that shit works, that that's great encryption. And I'm not saying they're wrong but that's the argument. And the reason that they don't want it. And supposedly the reason that security researchers don't recommend telegram. And I understand where they're coming from. I'm not even necessarily saying they're wrong here is they don't like the whole, you know, uh, uh, roll your own in, uh, crypto that it uses, you know, encryption. I mean, not cryptocurrency, but encryption that it uses and we just don't trust it. And, you know, they've done some funny stuff and I've been critical of telegram where needed uh, throughout the years on this show as well. Okay. So I get where they're coming from, but for them, for these same people to come out and say, oh, well, but mobile coins, fine. What's mobile coin? Yeah, exactly. What's mobile coin? You'd think that they, that, that signal would want to go with something a little more tried and true. You'd think maybe signal would want to go with Monero, even though, as I understand it, mobile coin used some of the code base of Monero, as I understand it. And I think that was a claim coming straight from, uh, you know, basically the, the founder of Monero, or maybe you think. They'd use, I don't know, Zcash. Sure. Or one of Zcash's, you know, one, one of the derivatives of ZK Snarks. Maybe they'd want to go with something like that. That's that's some hammered code. I, I think, you know, there, there'd be, I'm not saying that that's what I want them to do, but there, there'd be a, a certain synergy and logic to it. A certain symmetry even, perhaps. But no, instead they go with this comparatively new kid on the block called MobileCoin. Now there's a conversation to be had and we'll have it about, you know, signal implementing cryptocurrencies in the first place. Is there a problem there? I would argue. Yes. Not that I'm anti cryptocurrency. You know that about me, but let's get into mobile coin a little bit more. Um, this is, I, I don't know what, what, what acronym we would call for this. It would be uh, cryptocurrency in name only. <laughs> So I don't know if you'd call that a sin. I like that. Uh, cryptocurrency in name only, or maybe you'd want to do like the, like the two C's kind of like Gucci and it'd be, uh, I don't know, maybe it'd be chin, which is like, you know, a target that you punch. No. <laughs> Either way, it should be seen as pejorative. Um, and now why do I say this? I say this because there are very key things that people who were initially incredibly excited about cryptocurrencies, particularly say Bitcoin, um, that they look for that and that they want in a cryptocurrency, which, you know, keep in mind, cryptocurrencies, while not the only thing that are, you know, a, a, a core concept 
and a core principle, say, of a peer-to-peer future, okay, or, or a core technology or a proven technology of peer-to-peer's efficacy. It is certainly, I think, what made it something that made peer-to-peer seem worthwhile to get into, okay? Bitcoin was absolutely essential to that. I'm not saying that the peer-to-peer future has to, you know, and peer-to-peer tech has to have uh, a cryptocurrency, has to have, you know, monetary incentive, but I am saying that it certainly made it, it got people excited about it because suddenly they realized, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe this, this actually could improve even the, the legacy system that we live in right now. Now, three of the things that got people particularly, myself included, uh, you know, years and years and years ago that got them excited and passionate, uh, say about Bitcoin specifically, uh, were, were these open source. Okay. And I want to compare this to mobile coin. They're open source. Is mobile coin open source? Sort of. I'll explain why I say sort of, because not entirely. Also, this is no longer true for signal, but we'll, we'll get into that. You, the user had actual control of your private keys. Okay. You had control of your keys, which is incredibly important when you're dealing with encryption, when you're dealing with cryptography in general, that's where the crypto comes in with cryptocurrencies. And the other part was that anybody could, could really become a major player in the system. You could take full, you know, you could fully participate in the transmission in, in the, the, uh, the intrinsic value of the technology, which is the trans, which is that it is the money in the transmitter. The transmitter is the intrinsic value, right? And you could take part in that because you could set up your own Bitcoin node, you know, and it could be on, you know, as long as you have the proper hard drive space, certainly it was easier back in the day, but if you had enough hard drive space, I mean, you know, it could be on very modest hardware that you could run a full node. These three concepts, I mean, there's plenty of other things we could get into, but these three are enough. Okay. What remember like how Torah says, you know, where two or three witnesses agree. Well, here's your two or three witnesses. First, let's talk about the private keys. You don't get to control the keys that all gets done by, uh, certainly, or at least with its implementation in signal that all gets done by signal. So you don't have control now. Does not having control of the private keys, is that a total deal breaker? It's not necessarily a total deal breaker in that um, there are wallets like Bitcoin wallets that I am a, a big fan of where one could argue that user control is, is a little more limited, but I, I consider these wallets to be hot wallets. They have a purpose. They have a place. It's not really something that I would recommend. I mean, cause look, if, if we're talking about real deal storage of cryptocurrencies, you're using a Trezor and that's the end of the story. That's the end of the story. But do you want to use a Trezor for all of your day-to-day, you know, transactions? Maybe not. And I understand that. Okay. So you want a hot wallet. You're going to use something like edge wallet, which I think is fantastic and implements a lot of the, you know, really the latest developments going on in the Bitcoin space in general, as well as with, you know, with other, uh, other cryptocurrencies. And that's another one where a dev team that I get, I've hung with Paul Pui, I've hung with the boys. I mean, I like, I, I understand. Okay. And, and, and I, there, I know that their, their head is in the right place. So there's an argument to be made for, you know, yeah, you can have some implementations that maybe don't, you know, don't play by all of the peer to peer rules that we're talking about, 
but you should have the options otherwise. And, you know, it's, and the first real use case should be a perfect implementation of everything that we expect from peer to peer. That is not the case with mobile coin being integrated into signal. Now, not a surprise because like I said, and like I talked about years ago, Moxie Marlin spike has been getting away from the federated slash peer to peer, uh, uh, you know, concepts, notions, principles that we've been discussing on the show for, you know, a very, very long time for many, many years and really signal not allowing you. And we'll get into this a little bit later when we talk about Threema signal, not allowing you to really control your keys, I think is an issue in and of itself. Also, uh, you have to go through very specific processes, whether it's, you know, the, the phone transfer system built into the Android app, or if it's the pain in the ass and it is of, you know, doing the, the, the backup, uh, you know, transferring the backup file and everything. Um, you ultimately don't really have control of a key file uh, and the phone number thing. I mean, that's we've, we've hammered on that for so long and you know, I I've explained the positives and negatives of that and I get it. So we don't have to go there. So there's the, there's the, the, the keys issue here that that's a strike against mobile coin. You know, I, I, <laughs> it, it's, it's fucking acronym or, you know, is, is, or symbol is, is mob M O B that's a fail on its own. I know they did that on purpose. Like the name mobile coin is clever, right? Because in a very mobile first world, which we seem to live in, not that I like it, but um, you know, going, naming it mobile coin was, was a stroke of genius. Calling it mob for short is really, you know, I think it's uh, it's pulling the curtain on the wizard, you know, <laughs> and, and seeing, Oh, mm-hmm. But anyway, let's, let's talk about the, the, the node process here. Um, you have to actually email. There's a very specific email that you have to send to, to get, uh, basically verified to ask permission. That's ultimately what it is to ask permission to be a, a node, um, for mobile coin. So you have to email them. And then that email is effectively, you know, they're really just using a cloud service to, to, <laughs> to handle those support queries, which I don't know where that fits into peer-to-peer slash decentralized. But the idea that you have to ask permission to be involved in the infrastructure of this is, in my opinion, anathema to anything that makes cryptocurrencies great. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So instead of being permissionless and trustless, oh no. You got to get permission from Daddy Marlin Spike. Oh wait, but but Mobile Coin wasn't created by Moxie Marlin Spike. Ah, we'll get into that part of the conversation too. Let's talk about actually. Why don't we get into that? Let's talk about how I said that this isn't exactly open source. Well, it is open source, as in the code is technically open source, but there is a severe lack of openness in this whole process. Now, we've known that Moxie was looking at a cryptocurrency, uh, you know, and, and we've kind of known about this relationship with mobile coin um, for at least since January was the first time that I had heard anything about it. I didn't think that that meant it was going to get baked into signal. I didn't think they'd go that far. I didn't even think they'd be allowed to because of what happened 
you know, with the SEC and Telegram where they weren't allowed to do the gram. I know um, Keybase, like they implemented Stellar. Of course, Keybase is owned by Microsoft now. But yeah, it's funny because everybody's like, like rah rahing how Signal was able to make this happen. I'm baffled that they were able to make this happen, you know, implement a cryptocurrency into the messenger because no one else has really been allowed to. I mean, there had to be Senate hearings around what, uh, what Facebook wanted to do with the Libra. Uh, and you know, none of that really went well. I just kind of figure, okay, you know, Moxie, my own spike. Sure. Fine coder. You know, he's, he's got some, some good ideas. Maybe they just wanted him on the team. Well, no, we've come, come April, we find out it's a very different story that it's actually something that would be integrated into signal. Now there's a problem here and this gets into the openness around this. And that is signal has not, or had not uploaded, uh, it's server code. Okay. Now, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the source code for the app itself has been open and out there, you know, and available for, for, for people to, to hammer on, even though. Moxie is notorious for being uh, pretty brutal against forks of, of signal, which doesn't make sense, but whatever. Anyway, not, not getting lost there. The server code, however, for signal had not been updated on GitHub had not been published anywhere for about a year as in April, 2020 there, there was nothing. And this is something, let's be clear here. The number one thing I think that people now levy against Telegram, like researchers and, you know, even security enthusiasts uh, level against Telegram is that their server code isn't published. Yep. Now Telegram is open source, you know, stem to stern as far as the app and everything going on in it, but the server code and, and, you know, isn't, isn't open, uh, isn't released and Pavel Durov you know, head of telegram, he has varying reasons and reasons that not everybody buys as to why he does that. Because can you really trust an app if the server code, uh, perhaps, you know, isn't, isn't readily available because who knows what the fuck is happening on those servers, right? I mean, the other thing that people levy is that, well, okay, the server code doesn't matter if you do end to end encryption. True. And, but to do that, it's not by default. You have to turn on a secret chat, blah, blah, blah. But then you're not understanding the purpose and the, the, the mission behind what Pavel Durov is trying to do. I've had this conversation way too many times, so I'm not going to reiterate it necessarily right here. Maybe a little later in the episode, we'll get into it. But bottom line being is that that argument should have been getting levied against signal for the past year. And it did not. Now we may know why not that. I mean, the nefariousness is in the eye of the beholder here, but as we understand it now, there was a, uh, a commit made to the code for, for the, uh, for signal servers that in October of 2020, again, they hadn't published any of that server code, um, as of April, 2020 until April, 2021. But now if say, if we could see it, we would have seen, we all would have seen in October of 2020 that, oh shit, they're baking in payments in the signal. Now, why wouldn't they want us to know about that? Is it because, the, you know, I mean, and, and there, there could be a few reasons here and there doesn't even have to be one reason in reality. Could it be that they were waiting to see what happened between the SEC and Telegram? You know, what happened with Telegram and the Gram? Were they going to get it passed? It's interesting that they did not post the payment uh, uh, code, even internally, until October of 2020, which is when the decision came down 
against Telegram that they weren't allowed to do the gram, at least in the United States. And then Telegram basically gave up on it. But then they still kept the code quiet. It's fine if they were waiting to see what was going to happen with Telegram and the gram. I could almost understand that and almost appreciate it. But then as soon as they knew, you know, let the dogs loose. But they didn't. And instead, we don't find out until, you know, uh, a couple or, you know, into January 2021 that there might be something going on. Then everything happens with WhatsApp and Signal suddenly gets millions of new users. The, uh, you know, news industry is telling everybody to get onto Signal, which I frankly find as strange. Signal, of course, runs into its connection problems because the servers were, weren't were ready for, you know, that level of growth, which I understand that. I'm, I'm not necessarily going to knock them for that. But you get this mass influx of people onto this, you know, for them, for these new people, you know, this new platform. And you get them off of WhatsApp. And then, you know, barely a month later, suddenly there's this, this, this huge new uh, uh, feature. You know, that being payments, you know, that being crypto, a cryptocurrency getting baked into it. Now, it, I mean, it's not like the signal app is the blockchain or anything, but you, you get what I mean by being baked into it. And to be fair, there's a lot of speculation that there was a lot of speculation, as in the financial sense of speculation, um, by insiders, by people who knew, you know, that. Basically, Signal was going to announce this very soon, and a lot of people bought in. Now, the easiest way, or not the, it's not easy. The mob, I, I think, I don't remember if it was before the date that it was announced that it was being traded on FTX and Bitfinex. It is available there, but the place that has apparently 50% of the supply of MobileCoin is called MobileCoin Token Services. Here's the rub. You have to, to, to buy mobile coin from mobile coin token services. And there's like no sign of price. You know, everything has to get done through email. It's, they couldn't even like set up something like, you know, like, like a, like a shapeshift or something like that. Right. Very, very strange. I mean, this is, it's just adds to that sense of how controlled, how tightly controlled and managed this is. And I know it, it started, mobile coins started getting traded uh, back in January at five, I think it was at $5 a coin. And then earlier this month, you know, especially after the announcement, it ended up skyrocketing to around $66. Anybody that, that had jumped on mobile coin made a pretty good mint. Do you think that there are people involved at Signal that knew since October, at least since October of 2020, that this was coming? Well, uh, you know, maybe they they just implemented the payments and they didn't know which you know blockchain they were going to go with. What you, you think they weren't going to go with the one that that Moxie was so deeply integrated with? Oh, but Moxie's not that deeply integrated with. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Let's talk about this because this is where things get even stranger. So, MobileCoin started development in 2017. At that time, there are and this is this is a kind of a tale of two white papers, as it were. There is a white paper that claims like an early white paper that supposedly is a mistake that claims that Moxie Marlin Spike or Moxie Marlin Spike was the chief technical officer of mobile coin. He was in the C-suite. That's as high as you go. You understand? doesn't matter if it's CEO, CTO, whatever you're in the C-suite. You're making decisions. 
But then there was another white paper, I guess, that was amended, came out three days later, that did not list Moxie as CTO. Which one of those is true? Were they both true? Might as well be. Also, uh, by people involved um, with MobileCoin, Moxie has generally been regarded, and I understand, it's just like phrasing, you know, turn of speech. I, I Like, I can get that. I do that too. Uh, but to be fair, you know, you have people involved who call him one of the creators of MobileCoin. Now, to be sure, I mean, one of the re- reasons that people are saying that Telegram wasn't allowed to do a cryptocurrency is because they were creating the cryptocurrency. And so the SEC finds that unacceptable. And the reason that Signal's allowed to do a cryptocurrency is because they didn't create the cryptocurrency. N- no, this isn't even a stone's throw away. Okay. <laughs> like Moxie wasn't even a stone's throw away from mobile coin. He's in mobile coin. You can argue about some of the finer details perhaps, but he's on the, I mean, at the very least he'd be on the fucking board. Look, fuck the SEC. I don't think I'm an anarchist. I don't think government should even exist, let alone government organizations. So, you know, I'm not like rooting for the SEC to go after them. I just don't get it why signal gets a pass unless there were a lot of people on the inside, maybe even some of these news organizations that were telling everybody, Oh, get on signal and completely avoided fully viable alternative options. Like say three minute telegram Briar, go down the list. I mean, the narrative was just, I mean, it was full on get on signal, get on signal. And these same news organizations who have been poo-pooing, to put it lightly, who have been poo-pooing cryptocurrencies for a decade have no, I mean, haven't come out at all saying, oh, Signal has cryptocurrencies. Get off of that because cryptocurrencies are bad. No, that's not, that's not happening anymore. Or that, you know, that's not happening now. And of course, that whole idea that cryptocurrencies are bad, that's not happening. But could there have been an investment play? some uh, uh, the, the cryptocurrency version of stock options at play here with, uh, with some of these news news organizations and perhaps other, you know, high powered individuals. None of this looks good. None of this looks good. And I mean, from how it's implemented to, you know, the, everything behind it, everything that was happening behind the scenes, all of it is sketchy as fuck. And I would argue ultimately that it, it, it's a poorly implemented uh, 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 technology, poorly created, you know, in, in within the concept of what cryptocurrencies should be or what got people excited about them anyway, not necessarily what they, you know, have to be. And also what signal was all about. And that gets to the last point I want to make on, on, on the signal situation Then we're going to talk about some other things, because if it's not abundantly clear to you as it, I have made it for years. I am not recommending signal. I am not recommending signal. As far as being the ultimate messenger, just not. But there was a time where I was a fan of signal and what I was a fan of, let's talk about this, was just how fucking clean it was. You know, no advertising, not a bunch of bloat features like Facebook messenger, which just turned into a, I mean, a headache to even open. You know, even if at the time where people might have been a little more amenable to it, I'm glad that 
it seems like not a lot of people use it anyway, or at least people that are tech enthusiasts. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a good, clean, smooth app with good, clean code and not a lot of bullshit in there to go wrong. This, I think implementing a cryptocurrency into it is antithetical to that, to that end, to that, that, that cleanness, that's the, the, you know, the, and the, the simplicity of the code and the features, everything that made signal great, this shits on. So before anybody says, well, Brian, you're just saying this because mobile coins, a shit coin. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if it was Bitcoin, you would have been applauding it. No, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. Um, I, and, and, and we need to get into, cause you might say, well, in the past you've liked how many features that telegram keeps adding. Yeah. But I consider telegram a very different animal than what signal was. Um, I consider it. Most people just think of telegram as a messaging app. I consider telegram kind of that, that middle of the road where it's not, it's not social media, but it's also not, you know, just a purebred messenger either. Okay. And I have never really said bet your life on using telegram as a messenger. Never said that. Granted, I'd never say bet your life on anything on a smartphone, but you get my point. Telegram has different goals, goals that were that by Pavel Durov's own admission are different than what Moxie Marlin Spike's goals were with Signal, though it seems that's changing. Maybe Moxie came out and said, you know what, Pavel Durov's right. Like we need to make uh, uh, backups easier. We need to, you know, implement a bunch of other features, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's going in that direction. But again, that's. I think that's signal falling, well, falling from grace. I think that's signal falling away from what makes it great. I personally, I still miss when signal was tech secure and it was just encrypted SMS. I thought that was the really brilliant move. And in fact, we might speak more to that when we, when we start ranking messengers here in this episode, like I get why they made what was a red phone because signal is a suite that originally was only on iOS that was the, I mean, it was all made by open whisper systems, but where it was a culmination of, or a combination of a red phone and tech secure in one app, which I don't mind that. Okay. Sure. You want encrypted phone calls. Sure. You want encrypted SMS. That's great. Google is going to be implementing that. And I think they know that it's a smart move granted. I mean, they're technically using RCS, but you, you get what I mean. But I, I think that tech secure was the far better idea. You know, taking a technology that billions of people use, not just millions, but that billions of people use around the world, that being SMS and encrypting that right fucking on. And the more that they just added on, the further away it's gotten away from what makes it great or what made it great. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I just I can't recommend this. I can't recommend mobile coin. I can't recommend signal. Um. I mean, and again, I, I, I haven't been able to recommend it for years when Brian Acton, who is one of the, you know, co-founders of WhatsApp, when he made that, whatever, hundred million dollar, um, uh, see, you know, here's a funny thing that, that we, you got to understand. So Brian Acton made a, what was talked about at the time, a hundred million dollar donation, or he had invested a hundred million dollars into the signal foundation, which it would end up becoming the signal foundation. Okay. Um, when this happened, we talked about it. And at the time I was like, okay, make other apps, you know, make 
like a really secure privacy suite, like start, I don't know, building office software that's really secure and everything. That's fine. That wasn't me saying I wanted everything into one app into signal. Okay. That was me saying, fine, you did signal. Well, go ahead and, and start baking in other things. Okay. Uh, that's not what ended up that, that that's yet like any of the promises that came with the signal foundation. I don't think have happened at all. And that was years ago, but it's important to note, Brian Acton made a $100 million loan to the signal foundation, not a donation, not tax deductible. Well, I mean, maybe the loan was, I don't know, but, but it was a loan. That means you got to pay it back. That means signal has to make some money. Am I against app developers making money? No, I, I think that's fine. Okay. But you got to pony up a hundred million dollars at a certain point. Yeah. I bet you're going to sell off some of your principles with your mobile coin to do so. And that's where the incentives come in. And that's where so many things fall apart. So you users who, you know, you've been using signal for years. Welcome to the world of the bait and switch. That slap nuts, Moxie Marlin spike just sold all of you out into a fucking Ponzi scheme. Because the only reason that this thing has any value is because it's attached to signal, not because you can trust it, not because you can necessarily verify it or hold your keys or whatever, not because you can participate in the infrastructure. You got to get permission for that. And you have to have very specific hardware that said, but just because it's attached to a messaging app that's been going downhill for years anyway. Everyone, except for the people who knew this was coming, and that wasn't us or much of anybody, everyone just got fucked. So, how to get unfucked? <laughs> Maybe the first time I've ever said that. <laughs> how, what, what should you use if not Signal? Well, we're going to talk about that, but I want to share a little good news first. And the good news is something that, you know, while Signal is falling away from concepts that I've considered important, that I've espoused over the years on Sovereign Tech, another app is moving towards concepts and principles that I've been espousing for years on this show. And that is Telegram. Now, to be very clear, Telegram, as I have said, you don't bet your life on it. You don't want to trust the crypto and all this stuff. That's fine. This is where you go to get off of social media. That's what Telegram's about, okay? Um, and for community features and things like this, I mean, it really does a lot well. There's features I still want it to get, but maybe we're going to get those faster. And I'll explain why. Because what started to get noticed, I want to say in March, and this is probably part of the squeeze that happened. Remember that it seemed in February of 2021, there was a good chance like I think NBC news was reporting on it. All kinds of, you know, people who were also saying you signal, hmm. uh, <laughs> they were saying that telegram could basically get the shutdown in app stores, uh, because of, you know, hate groups and blah, 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 you know, whatever else. And same reasons, the parlor and, you know, other apps were getting uh, shut out and shut down. Fortunately for telegram, that did not happen. That might be because though they started to play a little more ball with uh, the people that, that mattered as far as that went, because now we've reported on this for some time about how, and, and Pavel Durov has been very open about it as well. It's not like 
they're holding any kind of grand secret there. How on iOS, Telegram will block you from seeing, can block you from seeing certain messages and certain groups. Okay. I don't know, like 4chan, 8chan kind of stuff, whatever. I don't know, whatever they are. I'm not in any of those. I'm not a part of any of those, but I, I, that's the deal. And of course I've looked into it, you know, as a tech journalist myself. And, you know, so for a while, Pavel Darov himself was even saying, well, you know, use Android because that's not happening there. Well, turns out in 2021, actually it has been happening and you'd even get a very clear message, um, where it would say that, oh, here, here's actually the message. Unfortunately, this channel can't be displayed on telegram apps downloaded from the Google play store. So that message would come up if you went to a certain, uh, you know, to a certain channel, perhaps. Yikes. So a lot of people started to say, you know, this came out, this news came out. And so then a lot of people are like, well, then where the fuck can I use telegram that this isn't going to happen? Well, Pavel Durov had kind of pointed in the direction where you could go. One is, is that, you know, the desktop app, this did not occur. Okay. And that's how people started to notice these sorts of things were happening anyway. Let's be fair here. Telegram was the one putting that message in, not the Google play store on iOS. They weren't allowed to even put that message in. And you were just basically, you you would just see nothingness when you would go to these channels. If you're on iOS and that's part of the deal you have to sign to have an app in the app store. Okay. We, we've talked about this. We've covered this in recent episodes of sovereign tech. So the, the desktop app that doesn't happen. Why? Because the desktop app is downloaded directly from telegram. It's not in an app store. Um, I mean, unless it's like, I don't know, the windows 10 store or something, or, you know, if you want to call it a snap store an app store, but not really, uh, so <laughs> I mean, not, not in the sense of like, you know, iOS and, and Google or in Android say, so telegram had, you know, full control over what that app could do. Okay. Or as much control as a developer could have. And the other was that in the F droid store, on Android, you can download a FOSS version um, of Telegram, which comes with its, you know, a couple little oddities and, you know, little limitations perhaps, but, you know, it's a fine choice to go with as well. So there were ways around this, but when the news started striking about the Google, basically about Google forcing this censorship on Telegram also, not just Apple now, Google was in it too. When the news got out, Pavel Durov, Telegram, made a great move, a move that I applaud wholeheartedly. And that is they made their app available on Android for direct download from their site. Now, you have to understand why this is important. This is what I've been saying for years, is that these app stores themselves, not F-Droid, but, you know, say the Google Play Store, the iOS app store, these apps, I mean, they're malware. They're fucking rootkits. Okay. They are a problem in and of themselves and keep you from having real control of your device. That's putting it simply. And I've been saying for a long time, we need to get back and you can go back to dark Android episodes from seven years ago. We need to get back or on smartphones. Not that it was ever really this way, but we need to get to where it, how it is on PCs where you can go to a fucking website, even on a windows computer, you can go to a website and you can download the XE directly from the developer. That's what we need to get, you know, get away from these, uh, you know, app stores. We don't need them. 
unless it's a completely open app repository or something like F-Droid or, you know, Snapstore or whatever. Okay. You know, go ahead, fine, do that. But let's have the option always available to where we can just go and directly download um, the APK in this case with Android, where we can download, you know, download the app directly. And Telegram made this happen. And in fact, they've said that, and here's two key features. Okay. Now, part of the argument for why people think that uh, app stores are such great things is because they keep the apps regularly updated, giving them the latest security features and so on. And sure, they can do that. They can also do the opposite, but that's besides the point. No, it is the point. But, <laughs> but uh, if you were worried that, oh shit, I'm going to go have to go and, you know, re-download the app from the website and that somehow that's a pain in the ass for you, it shouldn't be. Uh, because how many apps do you really have installed? What? You have more than 50? What the fuck is wrong with you? But no judge. I judged. But the Telegram APK that you download you know, independent APK that you download will auto update. And it does. Um, now they're not the only ones that have done this. The signal app can do this as well. If you do the direct download, um, and you know, I mean, other apps that you can do that with, like I mentioned edge wallet earlier, I really applaud them. They're just like them in mycelium where you can go to the website and you can directly download the APK. You don't have to get it through a play store because they might just fucking know that they're, and I know they do because they, they dig this kind of stuff where there are people who want a Google list smartphone right? You know, and using Android and its compatibility. So they make these things available and, and, and good for them. Uh, now with those kinds of apps, usually what they'll do is they'll give you a message that, you know, please download the latest version of this and you'll have to go to the website. And personally for, you know, the peace of mind of not connecting to Google servers. Great. I will go to your website. I will take the extra 10 seconds to do that. My pleasure. And I'm not being facetious. I mean that. So, um, so this will auto update. And they also said that this version of telegram will be the most feature rich and they will put out features in it well before they land in the version of telegram that you get from the Google play store or that you get from the app store. And, you know, because it's directly downloaded from telegram, they don't have to play ball with Google, uh, and they don't have to block what's, you know, these varying channels and everything else. Okay. This is proving my point that I have made for years that when your app is under the purview of a tech giant, you don't have complete control and you're not going to be able to do everything you want. And it's not just about blocking a bunch of, you know, assholes with their shitty channels. Okay. It's not just about that. It's also about feature set, right? Because there were times where the telegram app was not allowed to update uh, or an update wasn't approved by Apple until months later. And Android would basically have, you know, features that Apple wouldn't have until six months on. So there are a lot of features that, you know, Google may, might not like, or Apple might not like that. You may love that telegram isn't able to give you because, you know, they have to approve it by Google and Apple first and run it through them. That is no longer the case. And I think that's ultimately a good thing. And look, I applauded Signal when it did it. I mean, if you read my dark Android book, I talk about that and how great that is and important it is. But what I love even more is that Telegram is basically incentivizing you to download the independent app. They're incentivizing you to do this. And I mean, this to say nothing of, of you know, I mean, yeah, you think the Google Play Store and uh, 
you know, the Apple, you know, the app store for iOS, you think they're bad as far as regulations. I mean, talk about getting this stuff to other countries. Now that there's a, a completely separate APK to download. Um, I mean, telegram can work in places, you know, really tyrannical regimes, every, every government's tyrannical, but like, especially in, uh, perhaps more egregious ones. Uh, now they, they can take advantage of this, but they're incentivizing everybody to do this. And I'm telling you, go and download telegram this way from now on. Delete it right now away from, you know, the Google play store, download this, you put in your login info and it saves everything anyway. Right. But you're going to get either early features or you may get features again, not even the censorship or not even getting past the censorship, but you may get features uh, that'll never show up in, uh, you know, on iPhone or, you know, or on a, 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 you know, something from the Google play store. Phenomenal. That's the right move. That's how you do it. See, I'm not always complaining on this show. There are times where great things happen, and this is a great thing. Again, this is probably the biggest leap in that direction of getting away from app stores uh, made to date since the smartphone came out, frankly, because this is a case, again, where it is not just, okay, this is going to get you past some bullshit that the app store forces upon you like censorship. This is a case where you are going to get more for doing so. And I can only imagine what those features are. Could it end up being somehow a cryptocurrency, you know, made on the side that Google and Apple can't, uh, you know, can't thwart. And is, is Brian Sovereign going to have a problem with that? Well, as I've said, Telegram is not, I don't really, I don't even want to call it a messaging app. Telegram is a community app. Okay. It builds communities. It's not social media. Social media doesn't build communities. If anything, it destroys them. Okay. Telegram is a community app. It's not a messaging app. So, you know, whatever. Okay. I'm interested to see where this goes. Telegram sits in very unique company. The only other apps that really compare to it, I think are like line and like WeChat, you know, in China, uh, line is in Japan, you know, the, you have those and those are very popular there. And you can see, you know, if you ever use those, you can see why they call or, you know, why they would, they seem to be more about communities necessarily than, than messaging. But this is the, this is the right move. This is the right direction to go. And I'm excited for this. So, and if you want to, Hey, I mean, the Sovereign Tech Telegram group, there's always great conversations going on in there. I love it. And just, I know some of the most brilliant people on the planet are hanging out in there and you can see it in the responses. It's amazing. So feel free to do so with your shiny new independently downloaded Android APK version of the Telegram app. Link is in the show notes. Now let's finally get into what is the ultimate ultimate messaging app, which for a lot of people, I think they would have expected the two apps I just got done talking about, Signal and Telegram, to be in that number, to be one of those choices. Again, I'm not really going to call, and I haven't really for a while, I'm not going to call Telegram uh, a messaging app. I consider it to be, I mean, but that's what everybody else thinks it is. I consider it to be a community app. Okay. Maybe that needs to be some kind of new category, but regardless. And folks, for a lot of the stories I'm covering here, um, there are links in the show notes for those as well to check out because one of them is a analysis um, that was done by another, another, uh, uh, well, it's not really a messaging app, even though, frankly, it could be, you know, if you think about it, right, uh, by ProtonMail, which I am also, you know, it's like Telegram. It's It's been, a, it's a rocky road, but 
I ultimately see its value today. Um, there were, there were apps that did what proton mail was trying to do there, or there were email services. I should say they were doing it better back in the day. In fact, I would argue Tudanota is still doing it better, but I'm, I'm fine. I've come to, uh, you know, I found peace with proton mail. <laughs> okay. Um, so proton mail, they, they did a, which of course is, you know, the encrypted, uh, email, uh, service. They did a great write-up back in February of 2021, which is best WhatsApp alternatives that respect your privacy. So obviously this is coming hot off of the heels of, you know, the, the, the announcements, the, the lack of privacy announcements by WhatsApp then. And this breakdown that they did of messaging apps, messaging app alternatives. Now, I mean, I would have applauded them if they wanted to count themselves themselves in that number. They clearly kind of want to be. Because say when you have a free account with ProtonMail, right? Not a paid account, but a free account. The free account is great. Pretty much full featured. Pretty much. I mean, a couple little things that you don't have that have more to do with businesses and things like that, like domain name stuff. But, um, you know, you have a limited amount of storage space. Yes. But what's most interesting is there's a limited amount of messages that you can send. And if you look at the numbers of messages that they're limiting to, it it, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, they sort of see this as a messaging app, which let's be clear here, minus IRC and Usenet and Usenet not really being in that number, but IRC could be, um, you know, in the nineties on the internet, email was how you communicated, right? Email lists and everything, you know, that's what you did instead of, uh, like Facebook groups, um, or instead of Facebook messenger or instead of any kind of messaging app, you would use email and it was very common to send, you know, you have email threads that would go maybe even hundreds of emails. Some of the emails would only be, you know, two sentences, not even, um, it was very commonplace and I could kind of see proton mail positioning themselves that way. Actually, I think Microsoft was trying to position themselves that way with, they had Microsoft send, I think, or wait, I forget what, what Microsoft is calling it. And I know Google was going in the same way too, because Google's the one that had send, but I think that they were really trying to make email a messaging platform in and of itself. Probably a good thing that Microsoft never went there considering the Outlook exploit, but regardless, that was the direction they were going. ProtonMail could have gone there as well. There's an argument to be made. I'm, it makes sense to bring it up here. Okay. I'm not getting off track that, you know, a good PGP encrypted email solution or an end to end encrypted email solution could make for a great messaging app, you know, because it's available anywhere. I mean, you can log into proton mail on even a phone, even an Android phone without Google, or even a phone that just has a web browser. You can easily log into proton mail, which I, I applaud. Um, and proton mail is also trying to become a bit of a suite as well, having calendar and, you know, and, and drive and other features, um, that are, that are coming down the line. I mean, Hey, take on Google, please. So anyway, they really did, you know, this is a company that also has their heart in the right place. And they, they did a great breakdown of all of the open source messaging apps with end-to-end encryption. Um, and so link is in the show notes, but I want to cover this. And then we're going to talk about which one in this list is the best. Now they make it very specific to say, we didn't put these in any particular order and we're not really making, I mean, they make claims, but we're not really making any claims of which one is the best, even though it's, you know, a chart and, or a graph, I guess you could say spreadsheet style here where, you know, which has the most green check marks, right? Like you've seen these kinds of things with um, like the electronic frontier foundation does this sort of stuff all the time, but their initial criteria here is it has to be open source and allows for end to end encryption. 
So let's, and, and they do a further breakdown. I'm not going to read the whole thing again. I'll leave it in the show notes for you to check out for yourself, but let's, let's go over it. So the ones that they, they review here are signal telegram, Threema, wicker wire element and key base. Now I want to, I want to break this down here before we even get into, you know, the, the, like the rest of their criteria. To me, key bases, I mean, I know you can fork key base and that's fine. If somebody's kind of doing that, then that might get a little more interesting. Um, but you know, key base was bought out by zoom. I think earlier I said key base was bought by Microsoft. No key base was bought by zoom. Sorry. Um, so I, I really like, I, I just take that off the table because I don't think zoom does things right. Uh, so I don't have, I, I don't put key base in this number, even though it's not, uh, as far as like getting the most green check marks, it does not. Uh, in fact, it's second to like, it only gets out of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of eight check mark points. Uh, it has three, it only has four check marks out of eight. So that's not even performing well in comparison to others on this list anyway. Um, but let's, so yeah, I kind of take that out of it. Uh, Wicker, I didn't realize Wicker had been open sourced because Wicker for a long time was not open source. This is one that I think Corey Doctorow was really behind years ago. Uh, it's one of the ones that I don't think a lot of people really think about. There were some big names behind it as in like big security researcher names who are the actual names you want behind something like this. Um, but that, that's one that I, I haven't really, you know, like thought about often. Um, wire is on here as well, which wire is the one that does always get forgotten, which actually does do pretty much everything right. Um, I don't really have anything against wire. That's not anything new. I talked about that in recent episodes, but I don't really have anything against wire. Now there was a time where they were also, were not open source. They're also looking more towards, you know, like the enterprise space, which I get, you know, that's a way to make money. And, but regardless Wire is on this list, but that's not really going to count in the number. You can check that out if you want. Element is on this list. Element.io, which of course is the matrix protocol. Um, that is one that I am a fan of. Um, so I'm not, I think of Element though as much more, Element is almost more social media than it is Messenger, even though it does do messaging very right. It's also, it's another one of those, it's not even social media. It's another one of those apps that could fall in the community category, like Telegram. Okay. But according, I mean, what's interesting here is that according to ProtonMail, according to this blog post, Element has not been openly audited. Now, Matrix has, that protocol has, and that's basically what it uses. Um, I find that to be very strange, but that might be out of date now because there's uh, parts of this that are already out of date. But if we were to gauge, you know, what is the best messaging app in this list, Based, if we were to gauge it, you know, based on how many green check marks does it get, uh, element is actually tied with having the most. It has seven out of eight. So we'll we'll talk about that. But element, I think, is is a fine choice. And element is actively looking to get into the peer-to-peer game, where much like Briar, where it works without servers, it works without um, you know, having to really without you know, even be, it could work without being connected to the telcos. Like it could work where just two devices are directly connected via Bluetooth or uh Wi-Fi direct or, you know, whatever. 
In fact, I think they already launched like a beta version of that feature on iOS, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, the main ones I'm going to compare here are Signal, Threema, and I mean, those are really it. Like Telegram, I'll talk about Telegram a little bit based on what they say here, and we could kind of include Element in the conversation. Um, now, there is a, a ninth uh, a criteria that they have here. Wait, did I count those wrong? Yeah. All right. So there's eight criteria, but only only seven of the criteria have check marks. Got that off. <laughs> anyway, but so the eighth criteria is jurisdiction, meaning where are they based out of? Now, to me, this no longer matters. Okay. It used to, at least on the surface, seem to matter, right? Like, there are very specific laws, uh, and the late great Casper Bowden, uh, really exposed this 20 years ago after leaving Microsoft. Um, there are laws in the U S that say, if you run a server in the United States at the drop of a hat, you need to hand over the information that's on that server. So for a long time, I mean, people have known about this privacy conscious security researchers, those kinds of people, you know, we've known about this. And so our argument was, well, we want our, uh, say our website or our app or whatever, our storage, you know, we want this stuff overseas. Well, ever since, I mean, all presidents are asshats, but asshat Donald Trump, ever since he enacted the cloud act, I think that the idea that somehow having your, other than making it harder for, you know, the local law enforcement to actually touch, physically touch the server. I don't think there's a really an advantage anymore to having servers overseas in comparison to having them directly in the U S because with the cloud act, I think they all fall under the same law. that has been around forever. You got to hand over that info. Okay. So jurisdiction doesn't really matter. Maybe you could talk about how, well, there are, you know, governments around the world that are a little more privacy respecting for the individual, like say Switzerland. Okay. Maybe there's an argument for that somewhere, but, even that still, if it's bad enough, some government's going to crack down. And of course, as we say on sovereign tech all the time, keep in mind that all of these criteria could mean absolutely nothing when your messaging app is confronted with either a keylogger or a camera breaks all encryption. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, this is why smartphones, eh, eh. Uh, but, but regardless, if you were going with a smartphone, here's the ultimate messaging app. Um, let's, let's break it down. So, so their, their criteria are, like I said, there's jurisdiction. Is it open source? Is it end to end encrypted openly audited? That's another one. Um, end to end encrypted group video. That's another criteria. That's really a feature, not a criteria, uh, minimal metadata logged. That's a good thing. Anonymous sign up, very good thing. Owns own servers, very key, very key uh, uh, point here. And I noticed that Proton Mail did not, you know, make a big stink about server code, but you know, certainly that's the thing as well. Is that openly available? So let's go down this list with Signal. Say, so Signal, it's open source, it's end to end encrypted, it's those two. Okay, openly audited. Yep, it's those. Well, except for that server code. <laughs> Didn't know about the payment plan, uh, <laughs> payment options. Um, is there end to end group video? Yes, there is. Uh, so it's got four green check marks there. Minimal metadata logged. Yep. So there's, uh, there's six or five, sorry, 
I can't count today. There's five. Um, anonymous signup. No, not an anonymous signup. Why? Because it uses your telephone number, right? Uh, owns own servers. No, it does not. Even though they claim they don't really keep anything on those servers, that's part of that minimal metadata logged. They do not. So keep that in mind. So that's Signal. It gets out of the out of the seven. You know, jurisdiction doesn't matter. So out of the seven, they get five green check marks. That's good. I'm not saying that that it, does that make it the best. The best should probably have all of them, right? Should have all seven green check marks by Proton Mail's estimation. Okay. Well, they don't have that. Let's go to Telegram. We'll go ahead and talk about it. Telegram is open source. Uh, does not have or. It does see they give it a, a check mark or they they give it an X instead of a check. They give it an X for end-to-end encryption. It does have end-to-end encryption. It's just not, you know, it, it's it's not uh, set on by default. So I think that's a little. I mean, they make an like a notation about it, but I I, I think that's a little little off of them to do. Openly audited, yes, uh, gets a check for that. End-to-end group video. Uh, maybe not yet, <laughs> but you know, that's going to come fast, but okay. That gets an X, um, minimal metadata log also gets an X, not a check. Okay. Anonymous signup, right? It still needs your phone number. Even though once you create the account, the phone number no longer matters, which is not true for signal, um, owns own servers. Yes, it does. But does it give you the server code? No. Okay. So ultimately they get a score of three out of seven. Um, that would seem to be not great, even though I would argue really, I wouldn't take anything off for it not having video or group video anyway, um, because like the group voice that it does is fairly unique compared to other uh, messaging platforms that it implemented back in March, but, or maybe it was in February. Anyway, you know, so that, that that's kind of that, that low score. It's, it's a low score on things that don't necessarily matter in my opinion. But like I said, I don't really consider telegram to be the messaging app. So let's go into, let's, let's do element. Okay. Like I said, we would talk about that. Uh, open source. Yes. End to end encrypted. Yes. Openly audited. Apparently not. That shocks me. Uh, end to end group video. Yes, it does have that minimal metadata logged. Uh, yep. Minimal metadata. Great. Anonymous signup. Absolutely. Yes. Don't need, don't need a phone number. Nothing like that. Owns own servers. Yes, they do. If you use matrix and not only that, you can create your own server that uses element, which is, which is fucking awesome and should really give it a bonus point, um, on there. So that gets six out of seven, the highest score so far. Let's go on to our next one though. And that is, well, ultimately on this list, our last one also, which is Threema. Now Threema is an app that's been around for a good while, uh, about as long, basically as long as sovereign tech has existed. And now my favorite podcast, which isn't my own podcast, <laughs> my favorite podcast, uh, which is security now with Steve Gibson. Now he's been a fan of Threema for as long as I've been listening to security now. And he's ever really brought it up. Um, and this is before now, I mean, that, like that's reason enough for me to take a look because, you know, I dig Steve Gibson that much. Um, but the reason I've never recommended it before, because it wasn't until the past year or so that it actually was open source. So really it, it wasn't on the table. I mean, at that stage, it's like, okay, well, I mean, it had been independently audited by a third party, but again, it still wasn't open source. And so at that stage, it's like, okay, well, 
you know, then to some degree, I might as well use Skype. That has a signal protocol in it too. But no, I'm not saying use Skype. It's kind of a joke, but not not entirely. Uh, anyway, Threema is now fully open source. Um, the one trick now, I mean, going down the list, it's actually a uh, like uh, like element. It's a six out of seven, but the only area where or that or the only X that it gets is that it doesn't have end-to-end encrypted uh, end-to-end encrypted group video. It has video calls. It's just at this point, it's only between two people. Um, I don't know why I'd really give like marks off for that. I mean, really, <laughs> like that. That just, in my opinion, that doesn't really deserve an X. I mean, as I always say video over the internet is fucking hard. I mean, and it really is. It's hard. So I'm, I'm not going to knock it for that. Uh, you know, really, I feel like this should get an instant seven out of seven. Um, and if you care about jurisdiction by some chance, it's also a, you know, it's a company based out of Switzerland, you know, but they own their own servers. Uh, you do have anonymous sign up. In fact, a couple things that they don't list on here. One is something we were talking about earlier, which is private keys. You actually have control and can export and import your private keys from Threema. That is a unique trick in comparison to most other messaging apps. Uh, and it's a good one. Now, where people might get turned off to Threema, and I don't think this should turn them off, but where people could might get turned off is that you have to pay for Threema. Uh, it's two ninety nine. I think it's been that price forever. Um, I think that's a fine thing, you know, because at least then they don't have to pull shtick like they, like, you know, signal does with mobile coin to be able to pay back their loans or, you know, they don't run into like where telegram is going to be, even though I think telegram is going to do it in a respectful way, but they don't have to run into where telegram has to implement ads, which they've talked about. Um, it, not, Again, the ads would be in very specific channels. Like they're, they're really being respectful about that, but you know how they can make their money, right? So I don't necessarily see a problem with that. In fact, to make it better. So one of the things that I think should be on this list is what we were talking about with telegram earlier. Can you independently download the APK? you know, to where you don't need to use, uh, the Google play store, you know, at all. And with Threema, yes, you absolutely can. In fact, but like, wait, how do I pay for it? Then it's two 99. Aha. So they walk you through a process you, and you pay for it. You can pay for it with Bitcoin. Like they have it set up so that you can pay with Bitcoin. There's a lot of different options on how you can pay for it. They really, really did this right so that you can, Stick with that one very important check mark, which is anonymous signup. You can make that happen with this. Um, and I was very pleased by that, that they allow for that. And, you know, you can continually update it. You have that license key and, you know, you can just rock and roll with the license or with the, yeah, with the key that you, the license key that you get. And then of course, like I said, you get to import and export your own private key uh, from the app, which is, which is really nice. It has. 99% of the features that really any of these other things have. Um, it does not, the one thing that might turn people off, and this isn't even in proton mails list 
it does have a web version similar to what WhatsApp has, where WhatsApp has a, uh, a web, the ability to connect to, to have WhatsApp on your desktop via your web browser. And I mean, if you have windows 10, there's like an app you can get to, and you know, it does the handshake and everything. Um, they don't have an independent app for desktop that syncs with it. That might be a deal breaker for some people, but frankly, I'd kind of rather them have a, a web version of it that you connect to than, you know, some fucking app written in Electron. Uh, so like, I mean, it sucks that that's how you have to do it. And I do, I think it still connects, uh, basically via your smartphone, which is also, you know, that like that, that kind of stinks as to where like telegram, whether your smartphone's on, on or off, uh, you'll still get messages on the desktop client. Really once you give telegram a phone number to verify with, you no longer need the phone at all. And really you don't even need the phone number because everything can get done through the app. Now, I mean, I, I like that. So Threema's basically Th Threema web, which is what they call it. It does. I think if your phone and your computer are on the same network, if they're connected to the same network, it's, it's direct, but yeah, it uses Threema's connection on your phone. And, and I mean, that kind of sucks is that in that again, WhatsApp does the same thing where it's still using, yes, you can do it on your desktop, but it's doing it via the data connection, whatever data connection your phone is basically on. And so, you know, there's battery drain to consider and other things with that. Um, I, again, I, I really, really don't like that. Um, I mean, what is it? Android messages online, which, you know, uses connects or syncs with your phone via SMS and everything that does the same thing, unless you're on Google Fi. If you're on Google Fi, you can actually have basically your whole SMS history synced via server and not your phone. I mean, now that's a problem, but it's just, it's not encrypted anyway. So, it's not, you know, what, what are you sweating? But, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, you know, but I'm just saying, well, it, it is a good thing in that it's better than it necessarily, you know, just using everything, the data connection of your phone. So Threema web is imperfect to say the least. And you cannot have multiple instances of the same Threema ID on multiple devices like you could with telegram. I don't see that as a bad thing either. Um, but that, you know, this is part of the reason that telegram is so popular, right? Because you can basically install it fucking everywhere on every device and it's all the same account. Um, that's part of the reason why, you know, Pavel Durov doesn't, or telegram doesn't implement end to end encryption by default is because it sees its strength as being like on all of your devices. Again, Think of Telegram in a very different way than these messaging apps. That's what I've been saying this whole time. But regardless, um, Threema really, in my opinion, checks all the boxes here. And I think technically it checks all the boxes here that ProtonMail is talking about. And now they didn't talk about Briar. Um, I consider Briar maybe to be the, the ultimate messaging app. And especially since it does have some other little interesting features and it works without a data connection. Let me make that abundantly clear. That's a better trick than most of these have, at least at this stage, it works 
without a data connection to telcos or to an ISP. It can work from device to device directly using Wi-Fi direct Bluetooth. Uh, I mean, that, that is a neat fucking trick and it uses Tor. I mean, like there, there's, there's so many advantages to Briar. It is only on Android. It has no desktop solution unless you use it on a Chromebook. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Hesitation. <laughs> this is why I don't sing. Um, so, <laughs> anyway. uh, but Briar is awesome. I've talked about it before. Uh, so really I'm ending off this episode as far as what is the ultimate messenger. I am putting it at Threema or Briar. Like Threema and Briar are standing toe to toe. If you've got to go really cross-platform, Threema is obviously, you know, what you're looking for um, there. And, but if you're on Android and you just want to rock that, Briar is ready for you. I mean, something to consider. Also, Briar is available in the, in the F-Droid uh, app store. Now, my main critiques of Briar historically, this is important to bring up, Okay. And I'm going to guess, I, I just called a hunch. Somebody's going to ask about this. I, I can imagine. Um, so Briar's available. I mean, it's in the Google play store, but it's also in the F-Droid store. So you can install this on a smartphone that say like a lineage OS based smartphone or something with like E on it. Uh, you know, some custom ROM, you could put it onto any smartphone you wanted with F-Droid, you know, as long as it's Android based. Doesn't have to be Google's Android, but something based off of AOSP. And my main critique of Briar has been that, wow, does that thing drain battery like a motherfucker? I mean, and it does. It drain it, it can drain battery. I mean, it's better than it's been in the past, but it can drain battery pretty hard. Um, so here's the thing. If you want to, say, make a Google-less phone, okay, and I applaud this. Like, I, I think this is a great thing to do. Uh, speaking of security now, if you listen to a recent episode, it was an episode that came out in April of 2021 where Steve Gibson covered a research paper done on just how much metadata, forget about the metadata that your messaging app is sending, the metadata that Android, or that Google's Android and iOS send to those respective companies, you know, that being Apple and Google, is insane. And it all comes from having the app store installed, you know, you know, or having app stores installed specifically like the Google play store. Of course, you, you know, there's not much point. I mean, I know there are iOS devices that can, you know, that are jailbroken, but come on, you know, 99% of them have the app store. Um, and Apple owns the OS anyway. So, I mean, it, it's a terrifying bit of research that was done. And I think, brought a lot of people over the edge to say, Oh no, I'm done with this fucking duopoly <laughs> you know, I am, because of all the data. And we don't even know what half of what they're doing with it. We sometimes we only know the amount and even that's terrifying. All the data that Google and Apple are collecting about us. Uh, I'm getting away from that. I'm rocking a custom ROM and there ain't going to be a stitch of Google on it for a second. Bravo to you. Okay. And you know, most of these top apps I've talked about, you can download the APK uh, independently, like we said, or you can get it from Afteroid, which is just as well. So here's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about when you go with a Google-less Android. And that is notifications, really the lack thereof. Push notifications, 
uh, run through Google's services. Okay. And so meaning that for you to get a message now, you know, phone calls and SMS messages, they just use, you know, GSM or whatever. And so those will come through when somebody texts you, you're going to get that text right away. If it's something that requires data um, and it's a, you know, kind of a standard app, it probably sends you notifications via Google servers, which does the push. Okay. Like Google servers send the message or basically, or send the signal, not signal message, but you know, send the, 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 the push to your phone and then boom, you get it. Now you can, there's a way around this, say with lineage OS and other custom ROMs where you can put what's called micro G on there that will like just barely connect to Google services and arguably in like, there's no play store and arguably like you still have to kind of log into a Google account of some kind. Um, and arguably it's encrypted data that, 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 that does this and, and Google wants it to be encrypted. So you might say that that's palatable, but there are a lot of people who don't want Google at all to the point that even micro G is unacceptable. So with Android 10 and 11, um, and you know, a lot of the battery optimizations that it does, this wasn't always the case, what I'm describing here. So now to make these things work, like say if you install signal independently of the play store, if you install, uh, I mean, if the play store is on the phone, it'll work. But I'm saying if you have a completely Google-less Android phone, you are going to have to turn off battery optimizations. Now this will drain your battery a bit more, especially depending upon how many push notifications you get. Um, and even then it's not exactly perfect. This is, this is a trick that needs to get resolved. And I'm actually hoping that telegram will be on top of this. Um, but with Briar, so that's already designed to get notifications without Google involved. Okay. But that's part of what always made it a battery drain. (laughs) But my point being is that, well, that's a negative, but then to really do this without Google anyway, you're going to have to deal with some battery drain as is okay. To get push notifications. Now, if you don't care about push notifications and all you care about is getting SMS or, you know, in phone calls, then it's not a problem, you know, or if you like just want to randomly check the app throughout the day, then that'll give it to you. When you have the app open, you'll get the notifications because the app's already connecting, you know, to, to, to the app servers, wherever they happen to be. So, but Briar, what could be called like kind of its one weakness of battery drain really isn't a weakness anymore because to do this without Google, that's what you're going to have to put up with anyway. So, but I'll leave it at that. And as, as there's an update on that, I'll, I'll certainly talk about it, but having a Google is phone. And that's what I get. I imagine somebody's going to email about how to go about that. It seems like whenever I posit these ideas, somebody's always reaching out saying, could you tell us more? Um, and there's not a whole lot well written up about it either online. I have to admit, but anyway, maybe, maybe that's an episode that'll be coming, but that's really where we, we end off here is that, you know, is Threema. Uh, Telegram, you know, is certainly doing exciting things right now, but you have Threema and Briar. Um, those, those are, those are my, my top recommendations. Uh, I know Briar for some people kind of might go too far for them, but I, I think it just does so much right. And that, that, I mean, it's not data list, but that telco list, you know, connectivity is fantastic when combined with everything else that it does. And again, I say all this in light of 
the fact that we seem to finally like really be getting past the uh the app store duopoly that that we've lived under for quite some time you know the app store and the google play store and i couldn't be happier about that i mean that that's you know i mean my dream world is there's there are no smartphones but <laughs> but if we're going to have them let's have control of them for fuck's sake and that's the direction that we're heading and using these apps are getting you in that direction as well. So I will wrap this one up. Uh, feel free to send your questions, uh, or even if you have uh, other episode ideas you want in the ultimate series, send them to questions at sovereigntech.com. It's questions at sovereigntech.com and much more sovereign tech to come. I will see all of you woo, on the other side. Hey, is sovereign tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no, I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other than Free Talk Live. It's the show you control. That's right. It's an open phones call-in show that is ready for you. And if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard, don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside. And not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The Golden Stallion guarantees a good time. And you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com. And we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech.